0: a young boy wakes up in the middle of the night to get a drink of water and comes face-to-face with a ghoulish apparition. And then we travel to the Appalachian Mountains to take a look at a new conspiracy theory. Is the government using weather control to cheat people out of their land rights? And then Missing Persons Week continues as we travel to Northern Ireland Where we take a look at the terrifying true story of not just one missing person, not just two missing persons, but 250 people vanished overnight in a small Irish town. It's not an urban legend. This one has proof. Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day too. I hope you guys are having tons of fun doing whatever you're doing. You're robbing that bank. You're getting away with it. They'll never catch you. You're listening to Dead Rabbit Radio. should be listening to Police Scanner, but you just can't control yourself. Speaking of not being able to control themselves, coming into Dead Rabbit Command right now, victim of the most unfortunate segue yet, Coming into Dead Rabbit Command right now, our newest Patreon supporter, it's Mr. Poke. Everyone give a round of applause to Mr. Poke. Poke the person next to you. Unless they're your other bank robber. Don't poke him. He's a little jumpy right now. and might shoot you in the face. Mr. Poke, you're going to be our captain, our pilot this episode. If you guys can't support the Patreon, I totally understand. Just help spread the word about the show. Really, really helps out a lot. And if you are a Patreon supporter, you can actually watch an episode be recorded live. That's what we're doing right now. Right now, my Patreon viewers who are watching this got to see me poke in the air multiple times. So so that's what you're missing. You missed me doing this. Mr. Poke. I'm going to go ahead and toss you the keys to the Jason Jalopy we're leaving behind Dead Rabbit Command. We're headed all the way out to Forest Park, Georgia. Mr. Poke is driving us all the way out there. It's the year 2003 i found this story online it was written by someone known as tier one clean so thank you very much tier one clean very very terrifying tale tier one let's call him terry in 2003 terry was living in an apartment complex with his family he's six years old just doing six-year-old stuff kind of hanging out learning not to wet the bed (laughs) you're like jason they do that way way younger good thing you don't have kids six-year-old learning how not to do stuff that only five-year-olds do one night, middle of the night, <sighs> woke up afraid they went the bed. They're like, oh, no, not again. They wake up at 2.30 in the morning. They didn't wet the bed. They're incredibly thirsty. They're parched. He begins to walk through the house. And then he realizes he has to pee as well. Terry's walking down the hallway. And he sees the television on. He can see the light illuminating the living room. And he's like, that's weird. It's super late. Who's up watching television? And as he walks towards the living room, he sees his mom's boyfriend is sitting on the couch watching television. Now, it's not like spooky static or anything like that. He's not, he's not watching Ring Around the Rosie videos. It's just it's a video of a rocking chair in a spooky attic. It's just watching television. But Terry is getting closer, and he is wondering you know, what's going on? Like, why the boyfriend's up? So he casually asks, what are you watching? And the boyfriend doesn't respond. And Terry finds this kind of rude, right? He repeats the request louder this time, but still no answer. Terry's walking closer and closer. And he's starting to realize something. Even though the light of the television is illuminating the room, the black silhouette of The boyfriend sitting on the couch is still completely shrouded in darkness. The face isn't lit up. He can't see any facial features on this shadow. Even though he's continuing to get closer and closer to it. He eventually gets about two feet away from this figure on the couch. And is just sitting there motionless. Staring at the television set. And the shadowy figure turns towards Terry and screams, and then flies off of the couch, past Terry, down the hallway, and into the hallway closet. Terry is standing there now alone. Now he probably definitely has peed himself. Terry's standing there alone in the living room. The television's on. He's processing this, and he says about 20 seconds passed, Before I just let out a blood-curdling scream myself. I just stood there in the living room screaming. I woke up. Everyone in the apartment. Mom, boyfriend, everything came running out. Freaking out. Can't believe what I just saw. And I start telling everyone what I just saw. And as I'm telling my mom about this shadowy figure. And I know that no one's going to believe me. I know that this is going to sound completely insane and that everyone's going to go, just go to bed, you're having a bad dream, even though I'm standing in a puddle of my own urine in the middle of the living room with the television on, no one's going to believe me. And as I'm telling my mom this, she has a look on her face like she's seen it too. A couple nights I've been sleeping and I've woken up and there is this black shadow of a man, this outline of a figure Standing over me, breathing on me. And then the boyfriend goes, okay, well, that's kind of spooky. We share a bed, right? And he's kind of jealous. He's like, oh, why doesn't he breathe on me? I'll have to wear a cologne to bed the next night. But before he can make love to the shadow man, boyfriend goes, actually, I didn't tell anyone else this, but I had an encounter as well. One day I was in the bathroom shaving. And I looked up in the mirror. The creepiest of all stories involve a mirror, right? I'm shaving. I, I swear I'm just gonna not use mirrors anymore. I'm shaving. And I look in the mirror. And standing in the shower. With the shower curtain closed, I see the silhouette of a man standing there. Through the shower curtain. This black shadow of a man Standing in the shower. So now they've all kind of told their stories, right? Now they've all wet their pants together, as a family should. The next day, the mom takes everyone down to the landlord's office, this apartment complex, the little renter's office, and they basically storm in and they go, listen, you got to tell us what's going on in this. So he, the, Terry says that he was there and he goes, my mom was very, very heated having this conversation with the landlord. What in the world is going on in our apartment? We're seeing things. We're, we've all seen this big black figure. There were other siblings that didn't actually see anything, but you have three people who've all seen this silhouette ghost guy floating around. <laughs> and the boyfriend's like, you happen to have his number. You know. Can we get a Ouija board? I'd really like to meet this guy one-on-one and beat him up his eyes go from side to side the landlord goes okay listen i'll be honest with you guys <laughs> i'll be honest with you guys there's a slight ch- <laughs> there's a slight chance that your apartment may be oh i don't know i want to use the word haunted that gets thrown around a lot these days let's say it's cursed so six months before this family moved in the previous tenant was at home one night And some dudes kicked in the door and robbed him. It was a home invasion. And over the course of this home invasion, he was murdered. And they took all the stuff they wanted. And they shoved his body in the hallway closet. He slowly decomposed in this closet for two weeks. No one missed him. No one came around looking for him. He just rotted in this closet for two weeks until his neighbors began to complain of the smell of his corpse. And when maintenance men went in and they're like, Pewie, this place sure does stink. And it's oddly, cl- where's his television set? Where's all of his electronics? Where are all of his valuables? Hmm, who knows? It looks like It looks like somebody took everything that's worth something and it's really, really smelly in here. But, you know, maybe it's two unrelated things. They eventually trace the smell to the closet, open it, and there is the bloated, decaying corpse in the closet. And imagine you poked it with a stick and a bunch of flies flew out. And then that was a good transition away from the flashback and the landlord sitting there. And he goes, that is the story. That is the story of your apartment. Now, it doesn't say whether or not they immediately got a new apartment. Terry does not let us know that. That's kind of the end of the story. But it is interesting. To this day, Terry still lives in the area. And every so often, he'll drive by the apartment complex. It's abandoned now. So if you live in Forest Park, Georgia, it probably shouldn't be too hard to track this down. It's an abandoned apartment complex. It's still standing. And he goes, I always want... Every time I drive by that place, I always wonder about that. So Ghost Hunters of Forest Park, Georgia... You need to find this apartment complex. You need to go into it. This guy does not say which apartment he was in. And I'm not encouraging you to track down his Reddit profile and ask him what apartment he was in. I'm not encouraging that at all. But um, just randomly pick one. And if that one doesn't work, randomly pick the next one. Or you can ask him. I mean, I I guess it's not illegal to just ask him. But, dude, isn't that awesome? You, I love ghost hunting. It's something I wish I could do more of. Not having a car really limits it. And I work 50 hours a week, plus doing this podcast. So it's like, I, I do something 75 hours a week. But it would be awesome to go ghost hunting again. I would really, really love to do that. But if you're in Forest Park, Georgia, it is definitely, I'm, encur- I'm encouraging you to break the law. Future prosecutors of Georgia. I, Jason Carpenter, am encouraging my audience to break whatever locks, to scale whatever fence, to outrun whatever guard dogs, throw them some sausage with sleeping pills. In. Okay, don't do that last part. <laughs> I saw that in cartoons. I don't know if it'll actually work. But find this apartment, walk down that dark hallway, and open that hallway closet door. I double dog dare you. Mr. Polk, I'm going to go ahead and toss you the keys to the dead rabbit dirigible. We are leaving behind Forest Park, Georgia. We are headed all the way out to the Appalachian Mountains. Brrr. Dead rabbit dirigible is flying high above the United States and we need an aerial vehicle to get all the way up these giant mountains. The Appalachian Mountains, best known as the setting for the Wrong Turn series, apparently also is real. Apparently, people decide to actually live in a place that's full of mutant hillbillies. Now, I personally wouldn't choose to do that. I choose to live, I choose to live in big cities, which are just full of mutants. But I can handle mutants. I can handle people. I can handle drug-addicted hobos high on meow-meow walking down the street, peeling their faces off because I just go across the street, right? They usually don't carry bows or set, like, bear traps or, like, I'm walking and then, like, a piece of cinder block falls from a window and smashes my head. However, having watched the Wrong Turn series, that stuff is very common in Appalachia. I, didn't, I bet you didn't know that was a documentary series. It's a seven-part documentary. In Appalachia, you got to worry about walking down the street. There are no streets, for one. It's just everything's a dusty trail. So you're walking down a dusty trail, and for all you know, there's like Ewok-like traps everywhere. Like giant boulders rigged to roll (laughs) to chase you. Actually, it sounds kind of fun. It sounds kind of fun now that I think about it. What a workout, right? You're walking down the trail. All of a sudden, a boulder starts chasing you. You have to keep doing squats because they have those two logs tied to ropes, and they swing together. Smash! and you just duck you have to keep ducking below them and hillbilly it's really hard to buy a gun in a big city i mean you can get them but if you get caught with them the police are like uh 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 the cops are getting shot they're just waving their fingers they're like uh probably should have done more than just go uh 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 but in appalachian mountains it's not illegal to carry around a bow so there's constantly like homemade bows and like arrows made out of like the pieces of the arrow like the little arrowhead are made out of like skull fragments from their previous victims. They're making their bones and they, they're they collecting human teeth. And so. And that, that's just the governor. That's just the governor of Kentucky. I haven't even talked about the residents yet. So I don't live in the Appalachian Mountains. It's just a... It's so funny because the... This was a recommendation. Someone who listens to the show from Kentucky sent this over. And I'm just he I, this person is not a member of the wrong turn clan um the tj is an outstanding member of society and his family is great too and all of his friends are awesome it's everyone else everyone else is in wrong turn right in the appalachian mountains in uh, 1990 we're going back to kentucky we're in the appalachian mountains Wrong turn has not happened yet. The documentary series has not uncovered the truth. It's a normal town up there. Buildings and roads and infrastructure and indoor plumbing and everything you would expect to be in a normal town is this guy's town. The TJ lives here. Underneath the ground of this city, they found a bunch of natural gas reserves. And so the companies came a knocking. The natural gas companies... They came with, a, with an empty bag, and they're like, can I fill this with gas? And We'll give you money. And the residents of Kentucky are like, well, maybe. But then the next-door neighbor was like, nope, uh-uh, I'm not going to give you any gas. And the gas company goes, well, maybe we could just drill under this dude's house. But in Kentucky, they have such strong land rights laws that before anything can be drilled in an area, everyone above the deposit has to sign off on it. And if one person refuses to do it, then they can't do any drilling at all, which is actually pretty fair. So if you had a neighborhood sitting on a giant gas reserve, if one guy in the middle is like, nope, I don't want to do that, no one else can do it. So because not everyone wanted to sell their land rights, the natural gas companies were not able to drill here. They were not able to put up any pumps. Fast forward to the year 2012. And this same little town high in the Appalachian Mountains, which is surrounded by cliffs and hills and densely forested area, a tornado shows up, <sighs> spinning around and around like, trees are going, oh, no, hillbillies, hillbillies are being flung all over the place. They're like, no, my death traps. And I spent so long building those. I spent so long inbreeding. No! And they're watching their loved ones get flowing all over the place. This tornado hits the town, specifically hits this town. And when it's done, when it's dissipated, the area that it hit the most, oddly enough, was the area right on top of the natural gas reserve. And so because so much damage was done, and so many repairs had to be made, people made a deal with the companies. I need to rebuild, so I will allow you to drill on this land. And because everyone in this area needed money, they all agreed for the drilling to commence, and now this area is being tapped by the natural gas companies. They are hitting those reserves. So the conspiracy theory that was put forth by the TJ, originally they put it on the X board and he said it didn't gain any traction, so he put it on the Dead Rabbit Radio subreddit, which I totally welcome. The conspiracy theory is that because this area shouldn't have been hit by a tornado, is it possible that this tornado was man-made? And this is a really interesting conspiracy theory. On the one hand, it's what we call an observational conspiracy theory. It's something that we look at and we go, that doesn't make sense, so X must have happened. I look at the world and it looks flat. Therefore, the earth is flat. That's an observational-based conspiracy theory. I went and did some research on this. And the TJ, thank you very much for sending this over. I, I did some research on this, and tornadoes do hit mountains. They are rare. They do hit mountains, though. And there have been tornadoes in the Appalachians. However, I wasn't able to find a tornado in Kentucky. I did find a bunch of tornadoes in West Virginia that hit in the Appalachians. I wasn't able to find one in Kentucky. I'm sure they exist. But even the TJ saying... The TJ never said tornadoes don't happen in mountains. He was saying because of the area they were in... with the forest... and with these large hills surrounding this town... it shouldn't have. It, it's more unlikely. So the conspiracy theory is that it was a man-made tornado. It's interesting because I will say this... it possibly could be. The humans controlling the weather is one of those things that if it came out that it was true, I think most people would go, yeah, I figured that. Like if Bigfoot showed up, I think a lot of people would be shocked. I think even a lot of people in the paranormal world would be shocked by that. Be like, yeah, I guess I probably thought he existed, but we'd been looking for him for such a long time. If it turned out... That reptilians were secretly running the world. I think a lot of people would be like, what? What is this? But let's say if tomorrow you found out for a fact that there was a secret group of 13 families that had been controlling world politics for the past 300 years, most conspiracy theorists, most people would honestly say, I kind of figured that. I kind of figured there was someone behind the scenes. Maybe I thought it was companies like Disney and Coca-Cola, but it makes sense that there was a group that was above all the gut. We don't like it. But it makes sense. This is one of those conspiracy theories that if it ever came out that humans, because they've been trying for so long to control the weather, and not just control the weather to make it rain for crops, but to use it as a weapon, it would be no shock if, if it turned out that we've had this technology for years. Wouldn't it, like, would it shock you if we got a document saying, oh yeah, we control the weather and we've been able to use it as a weapon for the past 20 or 30 years? So it's a conspiracy theory. It's an observational conspiracy theory, but it's one that is likely. And I think there is one... We always talk about these horrible groups controlling the world. But I think one of the things we always miss, and I think it's, I think it's a plan. I think we miss it on purpose. Not on our purpose, but on someone else's. We can talk about all the Illuminati and the 13 families and these secret societies. Money runs the world, right? Right. Money runs the world. And if you have a corporation that has enough money and they know Jerry who works at the weather control center, or they know this guy who knows this guy who knows this lobbyist or something like this, and they can get in that high level of government and they have enough money and they can say, hey, it's for national security. We need to tap into this oil reserve. Someone hits a button and tornado hits. You don't need a wide-ranging conspiracy theory where they're controlling everything from the economic policies of Libya to the start of World War II to the sinking of the Lusitania or any of that stuff. You just need someone going, I want more money now. You have the ability to make this money happen. Let's do this. We don't have to have this giant global conspiracy. That stuff happens all the time. The question is, do we have the ability to control a tornado? It wouldn't shock me If we did, and it wouldn't shock me if people were using it for just mundane things like tapping natural. I think the thing is conspiracy theories. We always want to go so big. But it's far more likely this stuff impacts us in very minor ways. Oh, we lost our land rights. We're getting paid some money. We sold our land so we could get this stuff fixed and interesting conspiracy theory. And it really might be true. It's one of those ones that just might be true. Which is always interesting. So thank you, the TJ, for sending that over. Please, please do not take the wrong turn the wrong way. Get it? As I'm nudging, as I'm nudging you as he's getting his bow ready. His homemade bow made out of human femurs and ribcage. Mr. Poke. before he can kill me and mount my skull and spine as a trophy and turn my pelvic bone into some sort of shield, we are leaving me eye in the Appalachian Mountains. We are headed all the way out to northern ireland this is missing week that's what i declared it as each day we have a story about somebody missing the first day was about a missing young girl the second day i didn't explicitly say but it was about a man who <laughs> missed his job <laughs> he, he, he kind of went missing right he was gone for a couple hours but it was still he was met people missed him they go hey where is gladwell so, today we're going to talk, we're going to amp it up a bit. We're going to amp it up a bit from a guy who was just late to work. We are going to amp it up a bit because we are traveling to Audley's Town in Northern Ireland. I initially found this story on the 40 and map, a great resource. It's an interactive map that shows all of these paranormal events on the world, that's going to be in the show notes. I really hope you guys check it out. It's a lot of fun. And I got a ton of my information from a BBC article written by Claire Savage. And that name will come into play. It's very interesting. Claire Savage may not just be a journalist. She may be a participant for legal, for legal reasons. For legal reasons, I did not just suggest that Claire Savage had anything to do with, with the missing people. However, could just be a coincidence. Mr. Polk, hit that time travel button. We're headed back to old timey Northern Ireland. So everyone's walking around. It's sepia toned. They're wearing nothing but gray and black. It's a lot like modern day Ireland, but less potatoes because we're back in old timey Ireland and there's this oddly town and it's right on the mouth. Of the Strangford Lock. There's like a little town. There's about 250 people living there. Give or take. And they're just kind of walking around. They're carrying water in buckets. I'm assuming. And I don't know. A kid's like rolling a wheel. And that's like the newest invention in town. They're like, whoa, whoa. We're not. Okay. (laughs) It's not that old time back. We're not like hunter-gatherer days in Ireland. We're talking like mid-1800s. But people are just kind of hanging out. And towering above Audley's town is this mansion called Castle Ward. It's not a castle. <laughs> Very confusing. It's not a castle. But it's a mansion called Castle Ward. And some of you may know it. Some of you may have never heard of it before until I just said it. Some of you may know it as like a national monument now. It's this beautiful mansion. Some of you nerds around the world know it as Winterfell. From Game of Thrones, and I know I just heard the sound of a million nerd boners. I've never watched the show. Uh, Is that where the good guys hang out? Is that where, like, the the frosty guy is is at? It sounds cold. Winterfell? But I don't know. Maybe it's, like, warm, because Winterfell, and, like, this is the warm part of the world? I don't know. But anyways... You guys, feel free to explain it to me. Feel free to waste your time in the comments about it because I'm not interested at all in it. Anyway, so Winterfell, a.k.a. National Monument. Castle Ward is this giant mansion, and the lord and the lady of this land are always looking out of their mansion, and they see a bunch of, like, Hard Scrabble Irish people walking down the street and they're like, all right mate! Give me that water and need bucket!" and they're like drinking and they're like, "No, no, that's for the hospital!" Glug, 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 and they're like pushing each other down. and The kids were rolling the wheel around, and the wheel actually has like a cast strap to it. Apparently, this was not a good town to be in. They were considered very hard Scrabble rowdy group of people. They would, they would give the hillbillies from wrong turn a run for their money. And this, every morning, the lord of the mansion wakes up and he's like, uh, not, the, not these lunatics again. Every time I look out my window, I see these, these maniacs running around. You know, to give you an idea of this population of this town, I told you there was 250 people. 250 people in this town. And I'm reading this article, and they talked about like at first it tells you there's 250 people in the town. <laughs> then you read a couple more articles down and it talks about the 25 families. So <laughs> each of these families, each of these people had eight kids. You had a mom and a dad and eight kids. That's insane. The, what was the demographics of this town like? You figured like everyone would like you'd have one fourth of the population would be in their thirties <laughs> and then everyone else is under 18. It would be like, that crazy island on what Peter Pan or Pinocchio or both of them and it's just insane and and the kids are fighting little babies that are like breaking baby bottles shanking other babies and the lord of the manor is like ah I can't stand this but if you visit Audley's town today it's not it's nothing it's like a forest and sometimes you'll come across like a wall that's covered in ivy you wouldn't even know it was there if you weren't If you didn't have some weird ivy fetish and you had to keep rubbing against it, you're like, that's weird. There's a brick wall behind this. The town's completely gone. So you would think, we've covered stories like this before. Dublin, Wisconsin, myth. Haunchyville, myth. Tons of these dilapidated cities or just this stretch of nothingness that people go, there was once a city there. But this one's true. This one, we actually have it on maps. We have it documented that Audley's town existed as recently as the mid-1800s. Maps in 1834 show the layout of the homes in the town. So what happened? This is a 100% true story. An entire town disappeared. Now, sometimes these towns disappear slowly over time. We've covered that too, where they find the remains of the town and there's some paranormal event. It turns out just people slowly moved away from the town economic disasters and stuff like that, and then they just kind of abandoned that. We covered one of those in Connecticut, I think. I'll try to find that episode. Again, very interesting. But in this one, in the mid-1800s, the lord of the house was Major Andrew Savage Nugent. Interesting, interesting name, right? Major Andrew Savage Nugent. And at a nearby manor, there was Lady Bangor. And Lady Bangor and Major Savage got married and they had these two beautiful estates <laughs> and in between and in between them were 250 drunk insane people you couldn't you couldn't lovingly gaze across the field without seeing two kids strangle each other and major savage hated the people anyways and when they got married they came up with an idea what if we got rid of the town and covered it in beautiful forest like a 100 acre woods winnie the pooh will show up but to do that we have to get rid of the town now that's a theory we don't know if that part's true what we do know for a fact is the town disappeared the theory is is that because he hated them and because it soon was overcome not naturally but woods trees were planted there that this was organized by the Lady and the Lord, what we know for a fact is there used to be a town called Audley's Town. In 1834, it appeared on maps. It had a population of 250 people. In 1852, a boat showed up, a ship called the Rose. And it has docking paperwork on it. It has official documents showing that it was there and that it picked up everyone in Audley Town. All 250 people were put on that boat. The destination? Boston. So some people say that they were forced on the boat. Other people say they were gifted a free trip to America. You can leave behind the idyllic, blood-stained, crazy life you have here. Take take your furious, vengeance-filled dreams to the golden streets of America on me. The Lord and the Lady will pay for you to leave and head to Boston. We don't know. Again, those are theories. What we do know for a fact is that 250 people got on the boat, the Rose, and the city of Audley's town was deserted, save for one person. There was a single man living on the edge of town. Had no family. He didn't have a wife and eight kids. He lived by himself. He did not get on the boat. The last resident of Dudley Town died in 1899. And you go, wait a second, Jason. Yeah, sure, he might have been the last person living there, but he wouldn't. the last resident didn't die in 1899 because the 250 people who got to Boston were still technically residents. So they just moved. There is no record of the boat the rose reaching America. We know the boat exists. We know the boat picked up 250 people and then it disappears from the maritime records. Some people say the boat was lost at sea and the entire town drowned. Some people say that they never were destined to go to America. The boat's name was fake. And the whole plot was to get them out to sea and to dump them. Throw the men, women, and children overboard like rats. And then sail back to Boston under a new name. Some people have more innocent theories that the boat got to its destination. And everyone there who got off simply changed their names to O'Hallahan or, I don't know, that's not, that. I mean, that pretty much probably was their name, but they probably, maybe they changed their names. We actually know the names, the family names who got on board the ship, but we don't show those names disembarking. We don't show the rows ever hitting Boston. But maybe they all changed their names and maybe the captain decided to change the name of his boat along the way and they did reach Boston and they did get the American Dream. They did all become bare-knuckle boxers and police officers and have a far-and-away journey and fall in love with Nicole Kidman. Maybe that happened. Maybe it's far less dire than we think. But the most likely explanation is that they were lost at sea, either accidentally or intentionally. How come this story's not more popular? I, I, I'm i kind of surprised. I was not able to find many sources on this. The first I heard about it was just the other day. Audley's Town. an entire town disappears overnight, and we don't know what happened to them. And there's records showing that this town existed, and now it doesn't exist. And I'm surprised the story is not more out there. So that's one thing that's intriguing about it. But secondly, and we'll wrap it up like this, this plays into the second story I was talking about. You could have easily said, and as time goes on, this story may start to evolve that they were abducted by aliens or some sort of paranormal event happened. Some sort of bell ray surge happened that evaporated the entire town. You could probably come up with stuff like that. But in the reality of things, without the sci-fi conspiracy cap theories, what we had was a conspiracy theory. Because it is most likely that the Lord and Lady got rid of them. We don't know if the plan was to kill them all. Probably wouldn't have shed any tears, but they most likely chartered the boat. Somebody paid for the boat to pick them up. It goes back to the weather control story. Conspiracy theories don't have to be super sci-fi. They don't have to include reptilians. They don't have to be this world-changing thing. Sometimes it's just a person not in charge of the world, but in charge of your life, your boss, your mayor, the Lord who's looking over your land. Those are the ones that really, really affect you. And those are the ones we have to look out for. Whether or not the Illuminati existed meant nothing to Audley's town. It was their neighbor who eliminated them and completely destroyed any trace of their town to the point that today it's an incredibly obscure conspiracy theory. And it's only going to get more and more lost to the sands of time or to the trees of time and the ivy vines of time. It's just a reminder that whether we're being put in a haunted apartment by a landlord, hit with a tornado in the middle of nowhere, or put on a boat to sail across the sea and never reach your destination, it's just a reminder how little control people have in their lives. There's always a bigger fish as the saying goes. And you don't always have to worry about the biggest fish in the ocean that's trying to control everything. Sometimes you just have to be aware of the fish that's slightly bigger than you. Because that is the one who will most likely take a bite. radio at gmail.com is going to be our email address you can also hit us up at facebook.com slash deadrabbitradio tiktok is at deadrabbitradio Dead Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast you don't have to listen to it everyday but I'm glad you listened to it today have a great one guys